Hello, hello, and welcome back to another week of Kent and the Steering Team. As always, you are joined by myself, Drew, and my good mates, Philip and Bianca. Unfortunately, Kent can't be here this week. He's actually gone to get himself some singing lessons. Anyway, on with the show. How are we, team? We well, are thank well. you, Mr. Drew. Yes, yes, indeed. Very, very good to hear. Uh... We've got a a long-awaited episode for you all today. We are finally taking a dive into the video game that has caught the eye of the world this year in in amongst the COVID pandemic, and that is The Last of Us Part 2. Love it, hate it, indifferent to it, whatever you're feeling, we are going to analyse the crap out of this thing. So, shall we get into it, team? I feel like I we, think should. we should. I think that's wise. Um, Alrighty. Long overdue. Uh, oh, say that. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't mean to do that. Long oh, overdue. It was going so smoothly. We sounded professional for long over, Long overdue. Um, this is much like the game. Long overdue. Uh, this game, if you're not aware, folks, in the lead-up got delayed twice. Um, once because Naughty Dog felt that the game's creators felt like they needed to crunch time a little bit more. Um, and, and then secondly, because, because they thought of... they needed to crunch time a little bit more. Yes. Uh, and then, yeah, then COVID happened as well. Um, but this game finally came out. Bianca and I were some of the most eager folks waiting for it i guess um i got, and we got to it. the store uh i didn't get to the store at 9 a.m like i wanted to because i had life to do i was first but in line as soon as i finished that life i was straight at the store and then i came home and i because i started unboxing it on a video chat with you yeah i remember yeah. that yeah yeah and I completely so you, forgot that I bought the massive box for it. So you got everything for it. I got like everything. I got the booklet. I got the CDs and the bracelets and the bookmarks and tattoo stickers, everything, wow. and, and a now, massive Ellie statue. And, and now, yeah. Bianca, <clears throat> for those of <clears throat> those of our audience, <clears throat> excuse me, so those of our audience that haven't listened to our <clears throat> little little tidbits or niggles throughout um, the last couple months about this game. Uh, how much do you regret getting that box, Bianca? Look, past Bianca bought it because past Bianca was excited. Uh, mm-hmm. Future Bianca and present Bianca are probably pretty pretty pissed off at her because she has, I have no idea what to do with the box. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the statue's still cool. Yeah, um, for sure. But, yeah, it wasn't really worth it. Like, I, I, I'm... I'll do something with it, but I don't know yet. It's kind of just sitting in the back of my closet at the moment. Now, um, I think that it's wise that we we um, basically give a little bit of a plot summary or, or, or give you, just so you know what we're referring to, because obviously this isn't a filmed review, so we don't have um, footage of the game up on screen for you to be able to see. Um, so we'll give you a little bit of a rundown of the, the story. Um, now, as a fair warning, this game has plenty of spoilers in it. This is absolutely... Um, the entirety of the story, no holds barred, basically. Um, so this, the game starts in Jackson, about five years after the last game. Um, or in fact, sorry, the game starts 
the game starts straight after the last game um, in Jackson, which is a small town in Colorado. No, Wyoming, sorry. Small town in Wyoming. Yes, Wyoming. Um, And uh, we um, watch a conversation between Joel and Tommy where basically Joel swears... Sorry, Tommy swears to Joel that he will never tell the secret that... Um, Joel basically killed everyone in the hospital in Salt Lake City and got Ellie the hell out of there and brought her back to Jackson. And the lie was that there was no hope and they couldn't do anything and she wasn't unique. Yeah, uh, he he lied to her to save her life, I'd like to re-put out there. No, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. They were going to kill her in Salt Lake City for the cure with no proof that killing her was going to actually do anything. And also she was unconscious and hadn't given consent. Yes. Um, Okay, so anyway, then we fast forward to five years later and um, we are still in Jackson. Um, Essentially something that happens off screen annoyingly and actually happens in a trailer um, is then spoken about. And then uh, Ellie and new character Jesse, who we've only just met, go off on a... um, a walk around town basically looking for Dina, a friend that we met in the trailer that you didn't see in the game. Um, and then Dina and Ellie go off on a um, a scouting route, basically, uh, just to make sure there's no infected around. Um, from there, things happen. Suddenly, we're playing as a new person then. The game's originally we're playing as a new person called Abby. Abby is a hench motherfucker. She's strong, but she's cool. She's interesting, and she seems alone in this, this world. She's there with her friends, but she's off on a journey on her own now. Um, and there's kind of allusion to her looking for someone basically in, in Jackson. Jackson. They're out They're just outside of Jackson. Now, Ellie and Dina then get caught up in a blizzard and they hunker down in a library and they have sex while getting totally high. Um, and then the game switches back to Abby, who then finds, um, gets, gets caught up in, in a horde of infected and then finds Joel and... Tommy conveniently and obviously because um, these two characters are no longer who we who they were from the first game they automatically reveal exactly who they are and their names and where they're from to um, and that they're brothers and everything like that everything basically everything about their entire lives to this total stranger that they've just met um, and, her and then yeah and and yeah then they get overrun they go back and somehow in this this um, this countryside where they are basically on the home ground, it's their home ground advantage. Still, somehow, Abby convinces them to come back with her to her friends. The game jumps back then again to Abby and Ellie. Ellie and... Uh, no, sorry. Abby from and Abby, Abby to Ellie. Ellie and Dina. Um, from Abby to Ellie. <laughs> Jesse interrupts Abby... Uh, fuck's sake. Dina and Ellie, Ellie as they're putting their clothes back on again and say, hey, Joel and Tommy are missing. Tommy missing. They go then searching out and then Ellie on her own finds this house. We switch, switch back, I think, just before that to Tommy and uh, Joel. Um, Tommy and Joel, and then Joel. Well, they get jumped. Basically, they realize who they are. We don't know that we know them yet. And then um, Joel says, "Who are you?" To which Abby says, "Take a guess." And then they shoot Joel in the leg, tie him, up, tie him up, and then get a golf club out and whack him across the head with it. We jump back to Ellie then, who finds the house, goes into the house, goes into the basement. Joel's lying on the ground, his head half caved in and blood everywhere, but still alive. Um, Abby laying into his head. 
a whole group of people there try and um, hold Ellie down. Ellie slashes one of them across the face, but they pin her to the ground. Then Ellie says, Joel, get up, get up. Um, please stop doing this. Let him go. Please let us go. And then uh, Abby gets the golf club and one more time brings it down into Joel's head and kills Joel with a golf club. Um, now, at this point, I must say, if you hadn't pl played the first game, that's fine. This means absolutely nothing to you because you don't know who Joel is and you don't give a shit about this person at all whatsoever because we really did see in a scene um, prior to going off on this adventure that um, I forgot to mention um, that shows Joel and Ellie kind of interacting and they don't really seem particularly close and therefore, why would you... you you'd assume that there's really not much to go off of and who gives a shit about these two's relationship because they can't have been a whole... there's also an indication that they're arguing. Yeah, exactly. And there's there's conflict and there's differences there and they're not interested in each other. And and so basically, again, if you haven't played the first game, you'd assume that there isn't a 15 hour long adventure of them kind of coming together and becoming like best of friends and basically father and daughter. So that's fine. You wouldn't have any um, assumption of that whatsoever, because why would you? This game hasn't set that up at all. Um, anyway, so then the game uh, jumps ahead and um, we see a conversation between Tommy and... Um, Ellie, because Tommy, um, despite getting his, um, basically getting knocked unconscious before they killed jo uh, Joel, is okay and alive, um, and they have a conversation. Ellie says, I'm going after these people because I know where they're from. Their, their jackets said they're from Washington State, so Seattle, we're guessing, so I'm going after them. Tommy says, don't be silly, don't do that. Um, look, you shouldn't go off on your own, and, and Ellie says, well, look, I'm going and you can't stop me, so either I'm going on my own or you can come with me, basically. Um... Tommy leaves the on very his next, own. Yeah, very next scene then we're with Ellie now at Joel's grave. And it's sad and you have a moment as a fan of the first game, you have a moment to reflect if you're a fan of the second game and haven't played the first one. Why the fuck are you lingering at this thing that you don't give a shit about? Because who the fuck was this guy? Anyway, <laughs> you then walk off um, through Joel's house to go and collect one last thing. Um, and then you find Maria, who is Tommy's wife downstairs. And Dina is being held by uh, Maria. And then Maria has a chat with the pair of them and says, are you guys going to go look for them? And Ellie says, absolutely, I am. To which Maria then says, Tommy left without you guys. He's on his own. Which doesn't really make sense because why would someone do that despite the fact that they know that Ellie's going anyway? Why wouldn't you just go with them? Anyway, whatever. I guess trying um, to head her off, but yeah, well, even then. Whatever. Um, so then Maria says, okay, you can go, but make sure you bring back my husband. So then they do it, and then the very next scene, we're in Seattle. Um, can, so we jumped. Can we just about pause? Two months. Yes. Because the, from that point on, this entire thing yep. is two versions of a re two sides mm -hmm. of a revenge tragedy, which is just basically the plot for the rest. Yep. But the, this entire thing, that whole beginning, which you just ran through in like nine minutes, mm -hmm. that take that took about yes. over an hour. Well, well, just just for a. Yeah. Just for context here, um, I, I I wasn't really sure how we were going to do this review. Let's do it this way. Let's let's I'll rush through, or one of us rushes through the storyline for a section. We'll stop and we'll reflect back on that section then. Um, yeah. Let me give you an example here um, of of how the game's pacing goes and what one issue that I have with so far. This does change throughout the the game and become a lot more elongated for sure. But nonetheless, the same theme of jumping back and forth and disrupting a flow of a story does happen a lot. Using it as a device, and I respect it in the sense that I know that it's used in other platforms, films, for example, this kind of thing. But I think they've overdone it here because they've had too much of a story to, to try and get out. 
um, or they wanted to tell two, the same part of a story at the same time too many times. Um, okay, so we play as Joel for four and a half minutes riding to Jackson. We play as Ellie then for 20 minutes slow walking in Jackson. Then we play as Abby for 26 minutes um, finding basically the horde and then so on. Then we play as Ellie for one hour. Then we play as Abby again for 12 minutes. Then we play as Ellie for um, six minutes. Then we have all the cutscenes and stuff like that. And then we play as Ellie for five hours. Then we play as Abby for 10 hours. Then we play as Ellie again for uh, an hour. No, for 20 minutes. And then, yeah. So you get my gist. It, yeah, this game I get... jumps back and forth too much. Like, seriously, the fact in the first... Um, hour and a half of the game we go joel then ellie then abby then ellie then abby then ellie like are you kidding me that's that's it's broken up way too much i i could see how it could work if i get i see i get it no but i, I agree bianca i get how it could work and drew you've played this part too so you know this as well you you mm. see that it could have worked but it's probably a little bit too choppy when i was when sarah was playing the game through again sarah's seen most of the first game but wasn't really invested in it and stuff stuff like that so i thought that her opinion as someone that really doesn't know what the fuck's going on is probably a good one so i let her play the game and i was watching her play it um and and through this part she was it got to the part where we saw um we we're playing as abby and that was probably a little bit more interesting and then oh, we swap more interesting. And and then we swap back to play as Ellie in the um, the shopping center, and that was interesting, cool. That was all nice and everything. And then we get to the sex scene, basically between um, Dina and Ellie, and it's like, okay, cool, whatever. Anyway, then um, Ellie was like, okay, well, like let's get on with the story now. And then we cut back to Abby, and at this point now, it's Abby on her own again, and it's kind of quiet and everything like that. And 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 Ellie, uh, sorry, then Sarah said, well. Uh, why are we going back to this person? I'd rather just get on with the story of, like, can we just get on with the story now? Instead of swapping mm. back and forth. She already was frustrated with swapping back and forth. But this, anyway, then it was all the, the exciting. The thing is, anyway. apart from Abby learning about her, like, the part where you're originally with Abby, mm -hmm. it's an interesting story, but you're not doing anything. So I, the, the I, only, I was the, kind of like, you kind of just go for a walk. Well, well, you're right, Bianca, and but the only interest in that entire section is that it's like, who is this person? That's yeah, it. it's That's new the and only shiny. interest in that situation. There's actually no interest in the actual game at that point. Um, we then get to play as... So we're, we're playing as Abby, and then basically they shoot Joel in the leg, and they hit Tommy with a gun across the head so he's knocked out. And then the game switches back to be Ellie and Dina again. And Sarah then once again was like, well, hang on. Why do they just keep cutting the momentum? Now I get what they're doing. They're trying to they're trying to lead you on with suspense. The problem is that it only works once or twice. If you do this, you're already doing it again for the second time within an hour. You don't have the suspense anymore. You have frustration. So they basically built up frustration. So again, I see what they were doing and I respect that they were trying to create suspense, but they ruined it by just creating frustration instead, especially it when something happens. It was overdone. Yeah, if, it was overdone. If they had only just swapped back between Ellie and Abby maybe twice, hmm. I don't know. It was just too done, overdone. And I think that's where it kind of got frustrating. You were kind of – it was also, again, because it was like an hour into the game. And hmm. going back to comparing it to the hour into the game in the first game, 
an hour into the game in the first game, I think you were already on a mission to go yeah. uh get the guns with well the, t- yeah the, well, well again if we think about the first game the tutorial is basically the entire scene on the docks i've played the game now probably seven or eight times through yeah. and i'm pretty tired of doing that part again because it's the easiest part and it doesn't really hold anything because it's not very exciting it's just after the set one of the saddest moments in the video game that i've ever played and now we're at this point but it makes sense because it's teaching you the controls it's teaching you the mechanics of everything you're also understanding you're being explained the world basically and you're from the point of view of someone that's already in the world and so you're slowly learning all these kind of things so it's, it is interesting nonetheless this game's tutorial is probably the scene the first scene with abby and the first scene with ellie it shows you the mechanics and everything like that and the but it jumps around fight. Yeah, but the problem is because it jumps back and forth between people while you're trying to learn stuff about the world and the story and the gameplay and the whatever, you're also having to try and... You're having to do too many things at the same time, which I'm not saying I'm stupid, which I know a lot of people that um, assume that if you don't like the game, you must be stupid. Um, I think it's the complete opposite, actually. But um, I think that, that it's not to do with me being stupid. It's to do with me recognizing that there's too many things going on. Fortunately, I can keep up, but... Are you seriously expecting me to do all this shit? Like, wh- I, why I also, am I... You also kind of don't want to... I I think what was killing me is that I was still waiting for the game to start at this point. And I know it, I know a lot of people would argue, but it was already starting. They were on, like, a mission and all that. But, but it was really... just so slow. And you didn't... And I was also waiting for... Because the trailer had been such a big deal. And mm. for those people who don't know, the trailer... The trailer is set before the very first scene of the game. Not the very first scene of, sorry, the the, the very first, first scene, scene when you wake up with as Ellie. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of just very confused because I had seen the trailer and they kept referencing the trailer and I was like, well, they're going to show the trailer. And, and, now, and now this is something which a film like Alien Covenant, which I will get to later on in this thing about sequel syndrome. Yeah. Um, did very badly it showed critical parts of the story in a trailer beforehand that was released beforehand on youtube um i'm so against showing critical information um or things that you refer to in story not in the story it would i'd have no issue if i didn't know it existed at all but the fact that you then qualify the reason for it to exist as a separate medium annoys me because you shouldn't do that because what if someone caught it it means that i know more information than someone else at this point and that's not fair and, and I don't lazy. tend to watch trailers. I try to avoid trailers try, as exactly, much as I can. Um, now, Joel, what did... Joel, fuck's sake. Drew, what did you think about that Joel? That was amazing. What did you think about... Because <laughs> I was, was going to say, what did you think about Joel's death scene? Not just okay, about not well, just about not about just about that scene, but how you you felt it projecting for the rest of the game. Um... All right, well, first of all, while I gather my thoughts, for those of you out there that don't know us, we have a friend by the name of Joel, and Phil does this frequently. Yeah, it doesn't help that he's up. also the protagonist of the entire first game. Yeah, so he's got <laughs> Joel on the brain. Yes. Um, uh, you guys didn't spoil it for me. I really appreciate that you didn't. At the same time, I expected... Because I, at the very least, I knew that you were not impressed. Mm-hmm. And I had a feeling that this was where it was going to head. 
Mm-hmm. And when it actually happened, my any any kind of um, emotional connection that I had that had carried across from the first game died with Joel because to me, the whole thing is about the relationship between the two of them. That's why it's the last of us. It's about mm. these two souls who are lost, who find solace in one another. It's as, and... it's above all else, Drew, that it, it is it is about them because the world, despite the fact that it's an interesting world, blah, 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 it's yeah. interesting, the dynamic between these two people. That's the interesting part. It's, that's what took us across that, country. Well, that's the thing. It's that bond between them. And to me, the story ends when one of when one of them dies. Like, I, I don't understand how there's anything of any relevance to carry on with now. See, I, I get that, you know, life goes on. Here is where but... I disagree with you on that one. I actually yeah. don't think Joel's death was terrible i i don't i'm not saying it was i don't think it was i don't well, think Bi- it was great where it happened but well, i bianca, think it would have carried more impact if he bianca, had died here's, later here's where i'm going to interrupt you now i totally agree i i have no problem with joel dying we already saw basically that happen I, in the first game when joel fell on that rusty metal rod there's no issue with joel dying and I would hate for anyone to think that this review or hatred towards the game is based around the fact that Joel died. There is no issue with that at all. In fact, I think it is a very clever thing and almost a changing of the guard. Again, it was and, the changing uh, of the guard in the first one, and I think I'm, it's incredibly relevant. I, again, I have, an issue with, I have an issue with where it happened because nobody, if you played, I, if you didn't play the first game, you'd have no connection to Joel whatsoever at this point. Like we had a connection to Sarah we played with Sarah in a much more meaningful way around the house looking for a dad. We didn't play Joel in a meaningful way in this one. So there'd be no connection to Joel. That's my issue with his death this it, early on. Not just Julie. that. Not just that. Um, Abby is very obviously a main character in this game. Uh, uh-huh. She is. Uh, and Drew. Because Drew hasn't actually finished this game. We're doing this review without him having finished the game. Uh, I tried, people. I tried. <laughs> Abby is the secondary main character in which that you can play. Um, Abby is yep. the second character you play. So, yep. and you don't play her. So Drew is not up to Abby yet, but you don't play her for a bit, Drew. And by the time you do play her, there I had, I had motivation to play her. Then she killed Joel. And then I was like, I'm very glad that now I'm playing Ellie. And then the more that I played with Ellie, the more I hated Abby and all of her friends. And yep. then suddenly we played with Abby and I was just like, I really don't want to play never Abby. Intentionally, I've never intentionally sabotaged a story so much and got myself killed on purpose. So, so many times. times. It was so many, like, it was so fun to watch the amount of times and the amount of ways she died. Oh, Whereas getting your when, head ripped off by something or getting yourself blown up by a bomb or... Oh, or the Rat brilliant. King scene. The Rat King well, scene was yeah. just like, okay, how many times can I watch her die <laughs> yeah, by this yeah. awful godforsaken monster? I'm, but I did not I'm, care about Abby at all. And it was just because... And I could have cared about Abby if Abby had been a playable character for longer and if she had killed Joel later. Because and not just well, that, not just that though, but also if they, 
We'll get to it later, but there are reasons as to why I also hate Abby and the way she was written. Sorry, Joel. Uh, sorry, Drew. Continue. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Uh, I, 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 okay, I, I can better articulate my frustration here with with Joel's death. I think what it is that bothers me so much with it is that it's the plot. It drives the plot of the whole game. And yes. at least that, that's that's the impression I'm getting right now yes. is that that is the entire plot motivation of the game is that you kill him early and then that fuels the revenge mission for the whole game. And I don't think that that is a great tool to use, particularly in this story. It's too easy and it undermines how clever the first game was. It well put, I have to say. Very well put. It it makes me really frustrated because I feel like like I'm annoyed and I've only waited a very short time between playing the two games. I can only imagine people that were excited to see where the story would go with the two of them who had played it when the game came out. I imagine I know that you two are a little different in that you were prepared for whatever happened, but imagine all the people that were keen to see both of them go adventuring for another game, or even even to see Ellie adventure, but to see maybe Joel weave in and out, or for him to have retired that life or something, and um, to then have that just taken away. Well, well, I, and, and to talk about the fact that you said it is fueling the fact that it's a revenge tragedy and revenge tragedies do a disservice, I would like to say that this game not only... And, and a lot of people have been arguing that it's not a revenge tragedy, it shows blah, blah, blah. Shows like how, you know, revenge is, is revenge terrible, blah, blah, blah. It but that's essentially what... No, no, no. That's what revenge tragedies do, Philip. This yeah. game... and So, uh, you know, I did the four-unit English for for HSC. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had to pick a topic, and our topic was revenge tragedy, unfortunately, which means I spent eight months of my life picking apart every friggin' thing of a revenge tragedy, like point and plot and uh, trope of a revenge tragedy. Mm-hmm. And this game hits every single one of them and this is the very here's the very first one we get to see the act of the killing of something that like we, we this is this is the peak of the revenge and it starts off with a journey so this is the beginning of the journey and that's where we oh god it, god it is year 12 english again isn't it it is year 12 english again <clears throat> now Whoa. um now drew you mentioned um Again, you know, those people that would have been excited about playing the game. Now, before we get back into telling the rest of the story, um, I want to touch on the promotion of the two games. And I spoke to Bianca about this off-air just before we recorded. But what changed in the promotion of the two games? So when the first game came out, the writers made it explicitly clear to reviewers um, that you are not to tell people that you play as Ellie. In fact, they didn't even tell the media that till they were playing the game for the first time that you play as Ellie. People had asked the question whether you do or not, and they refused to tell them. But it was as a plot device. It was to support the story. 
and I respect that, and I agree with it. I get it because it it didn't take away from the story whether you knew that or not. Yeah. Um, it only added to the story when you finally play the game again. We think that Joel's dead, so therefore it's amazing that you're playing as Ellie. You like, and you feel that shock, and the scene, you know, after that, you feel that shock again. That's the second time we have that shock after test. Uh, sorry, third time after test dies, and before that, after Sarah dies. You know, so it's the shock factor, and it's the the emptiness and loneliness that you feel in that moment. That's fantastic. Um, now I've got this written down here. Um, not telling us that Ellie's a play- playable character in part one, and blocking all trailers and reviews from showing or revealing that is genius it's a genius device to surprise and create emotion now in this game they showed um trailers with joel in the story throughout only gameplay that we saw was from ellie's point of view yes but all story points um involved joel all trailers about the story involved joel um there were scenes which in the game are conversations between joel and ellie uh, sorry, in yeah. the, the trailer are between Joel and Ellie. In the game are between Jesse and Ellie. Because they re-filmed and they re-skinned those scenes to be put in trailers. So that way everyone would believe that Joel was still alive. Um, now, this is different to what they did in the first game. Where they, they, they hid some information um, purely to support the story when you play the story. It only added to the story. This game, they actively lied to the audience to sell more copies in the belief that it's the same sort of story. I don't have a problem. <clears throat> I don't have a problem with the fact that this wasn't the same story or the same kind of oh, you know Joel and, and Ellie on another whirlwind adventure kind of story. I don't have a problem with that. It wasn't that. Mm. I have a problem that they actively told us it was that. It was advertised as that. <clears throat> exactly. Yep. Again, the issue isn't that it's not that. Don't tell us that it is. And then go, huh, we pulled the rug out on you. It's not about that at all. It's in fact much worse and it's much simpler than that. You can't do that. That is lying. That's cheating. You can't do that. And um, the reason they did it, because um, people questioned why the hell they would lie so flagrantly uh, um, you know, to the audience. Someone asked Neil Dr- Druckmann, who wrote the game, and I'll quote him here. It was to protect the story. So it wasn't about selling more copies. It wasn't about outright lying. It was about protecting the story. That's You want bullshit. to protect the story? Just don't say a damn word. Exactly. Don't show anything. Don't show scenes that would have Joel in it or not. Don't show scenes like that. They didn't have any scenes of Joel. If you watch that trailer, origin, the original trailer, there are no scenes of Joel in it at all. Mm. And mm. then they black out the screen. And then dramatically have his voice going, do you really think I'd let you do it alone? And then just show his face. It's that it was like a reveal. It wasn't even like a tease of he might be in it or like putting him in the background of something Uh, to comparatively say it. Yeah. To compare it to show a comparative thing of it. Avengers, uh, not Endgame. What was the one before Endgame? Infinity War. Infinity War. Yeah, they had in Infinity War, uh, the trailer, they had Hulk in it, um, running after Captain America. Um, yep. Now, what happened in the actual thing is that Hulk has actually disappeared. Uh, he's not showing in Bruce Banner because he's gone into hiding. Uh, and Bruce Banner actually used one of Iron Man's 
suits, the suit that Iron Man specifically uh, created to fight the Hulk. Um, mm-hmm. That wasn't a bad thing. It, it covered up a plot point that Hulk was missing, and it wasn't a main thing. Like, they didn't show Hulk with by himself sitting on top of a mountain beating his chest. They just showed him running with all the other superheroes, doing the normal superhero run. And they masked something that may have been an interesting point and relevant at the time, but... Yeah. You know. So it, uh, it wasn't that. They did a very dramatic show of uh, Joel popping up on screen. Like, it was, it was dramatic. It was not a small little Joel in the background or Joel. They no, could have... In, in, instead, they, they, instead, they... they expressly made us or led us to believe it was one thing when no one asked the question in the first place if that's what it was. There was no reason to do that other than to mislead the audience. It's not about telling this, uh, not about protecting the story because protecting the story would be not show shit like that at all. They genuinely could have shown a part or like part of the game when um, Ellie and Joel meet up at the bar, I think, or they, they, Oh no, when they're on the porch, sorry. They could have just showed something from when they're on the porch, which is an actual scene in the game, rather than make up this scene that is another character entirely. Mm. But I think we've gone on too much and I think we need to continue. Yes, okay, so the very next scene we see we are in Seattle. Seattle day one, which is a very jarring thing because all of a sudden we're in, we're two months ahead, we've missed out on all this stuff between... Dina and Ellie, uh, and we have to catch up in Ellie's journal, which we just found out Ellie has journals. Yeah, and suddenly Dina and Ellie have gone from having a first kiss and then sleeping um, sleeping together to being babe and love you and all that sort of stuff. Um, Yeah, and so in Seattle, day one. So this is very different to the first game where it was summer, um, summer, autumn, spring. Sorry, summer, autumn, winter, spring, summer again. This game is... uh, Seattle, day one. Okay, so we're in Seattle, and it's basically an open-world game. We've missed out on a lot of um, kind of relationships forming and stuff like that, like we did in the first one. However, the first one did a little bit better because it introduced you to the people, and it was a much simpler sort of thing. Um, This one, we've gone on an adventure, which is very much like what the first game was, and we've missed all of that. So anyway, here we are, Seattle, day one. Now, it's open-world, so the job of us is to basically break into the Seattle... um, quarantine zone and then scout around now it's not particularly obvious all the places that you have to go a couple of things are obvious um we get to a gate that we can't unlock and we have to find a um a a jerry can full of gas basically to 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 turn it on um i should just say just before this we also um see a scene or are introduced to a fantastic gameplay physic that people have been raving about and that is um, the rope physics, basically. You have to throw a rope over a, um, a fence and try and... Well, it's a, it's a power lead, basically. You have to try and plug it in, and you see it getting caught on, like, wires, and, and it's getting pulled and can't quite reach and stuff, and you have to unhook it from stuff. It's fantastic. Anyway. That was genuinely so, a cool part of the game. Like that, oh, the, look, that oh, was... the, the game... The game... The gameplay is phenomenal. We'll get to a little yeah. bit more of the gameplay later on. But anyway. Oh, yeah. Um... So we're in an open world part, sorry, a sandbox part, and we have to try and yeah, find this jerry can. Is it at a place called the Dome, which is a synagogue, actually, and we find out a little bit about Dina's past in um, New Mexico and how she was um, 
a little bit religious or something like that. And then we also find a courthouse and have to go into the courthouse because there may be a jerry can in the basement there. Um, that part is just an open world sandbox that actually originally made me think the game was a lot smaller than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I thought it was just going to be this part, which which is very much like the um, Uncharted Lost Legacy, where yeah. it's in a sandbox kind of part in in Africa. Yeah, which I um, enjoyed. Um, Lost Legacy. Yeah, so. no, so do I. I, and I didn't have a problem with that. I was just worried that if this entire game is based in this one part of downtown Seattle, which is not very large, um, there's going to be some issues here. Also, I don't know if you guys have done it, but have you guys been looking absolutely everywhere for the the um, Seattle Needle? The Space Needle. Yeah. I keep looking yeah. around for the bloody needle because that's the only thing I know of Seattle is that, that yeah. center point tower looking I did not actually thing. look for it, but I yeah. if I replay it, if I ever replay it. Yeah, um, looking for it bloody everywhere. Anyway, um, so we have to do some different missions. Um, there are some clever things that these guys missed, one of them of which is that you can find Nathan Drake's ring in a... Um, in a bank vault and i'm very awesome. upset about that because i got all the way to the bank vault i opened it and, and one of the things it. about this game no no one of the things about this game is that you have to constantly press a to pick up every little thing triangle you can't, you're thinking of triangle switch. sorry yeah yeah i've been playing switch um you gotta constantly press triangle to pick up every little thing rather yeah. than just pick up everything in one go mm. which is slightly annoying but I, that's not the worst of it, so yeah, whatever. But I missed now, Nathan Drake's ring because of that. You missed Nathan Drake's ring. Drew almost missed the um, music store scene where um, Ellie plays an amazing version of Take On Me. Bianca, was it you that explained to me how they got the rights to this, to do this? Um, I think so. Where one of the writers was is going out with one of the members of AHA, so it was easy to get the right rights to have this song included because of the connection it's something like that some sort of connection like that I but it worked fantastically that, so it was well not me. okay well i can't remember who it was um a fantastic um rendition of it i thought it was so fitting it was As probably a muso i actually really did enjoy the guitar play um oh well people have done some fantastic things on, this. Yeah, on youtube there's people some amazing to... covers on yeah. youtube for the guitar play um, I have to say that that scene was probably the first, besides sitting by Joel's grave, was the first time that I was able to actually reflect on what had just happened. For me, it was the opening credits of The Last of Us Part 1 moment for me, where you're not in control of what's happening and you just have a moment to reflect. That was that moment for me. So it, was, it hit me in that moment was like, bit shit. I also got very angry at that moment because I realised that because we'd skipped two months ahead, but because Joel was so part of our lives um, from the first game, in this moment now and going forward, Ellie, here's a spoiler for you, uh, Drew, going forward, Ellie literally could not give a single shit why she's in Seattle, nor the fact that Joel's dead. Um, it basically has little to zero reference throughout the rest of the game, besides perhaps, I think, Dina asking once... Um, when we find someone from one of the one of the people that was in Jackson that killed Joel, um, or in the room when Abby killed Joel, um, when we find one of them, we ask, "Did they? Uh, wouldn't it be nice to tell them or to ask them why they did what they did?" And that's it. That's the only mention of Joel for the rest of the game, which really annoys me with the writing again because it means that they've given so little thought as to 
referencing back why we're on this journey in the first place. In the first game, it's kind of always the unsaid thing, why we're on this journey. Whereas in this one, they've literally just forgotten. It doesn't even feel like an unsaid thing. It's just forgotten. Anyway, so, so um, we find the jerry can full of gas um, at the dome or the um, courthouse, depending on what or, or what order you play them in, it seems like. Um, there's also a cafe you can um, r raid as well as a pet store and a um, uh, at one of the gates has somewhere that you can raid as well. Anyway, and a fire truck, I should say. Anyway, so we get back to the gate that we needed the gas for to turn on the generator. We get through there. We go into a hotel, which conveniently is the place that we're told the WLF, the, the Washington Liberate... Liber, what they, Liber, Lib, what's their name? WLF, the, Washington, Washington Liberation Front. Federate... Okay. Is it? Federation or Front. Okay, one of those yeah. two The Wolves. The Wolves. Um, we're told that they are in this... Um, hotel which is coincidentally right next to us i find that a little bit of a plot hole that it's so convenient as to where we find them like everything just happens in this game again drew you're going to experience this everything happens so conveniently um re referencing behind us abby somehow stumbles across the two people that she happens to be looking for who happen to tell her exactly who they are um the hotel we're looking for we happen to find that one we need to get through these gates. We happen to find a note that has all the answers on it for us. Like, everything is very convenient in this game, and that's one thing that annoys me again. The first game didn't have that. For example, Billstown, we're looking for Bill. You literally have to look around for ages, and you start setting off traps accidentally. You create a, um, a ruckus with all these infected coming after you. So, of course, Bill goes looking because this is Billstown. This is what he does. He goes, what the fuck's all this noise from? It's you guys found you. In this one... It's everything happens very coincidentally. Um, act of God kind of thing. Divine intervention, deus ex machina, plot hole, whatever you want to call it. Everything happens conveniently. Um, we find the hotel. We find some bodies in there. It turns out that um, Ellie references something that we saw we played as, as Joel in the first game here. You pit two people against each other and you make them um, reveal an answer and then you compare it to the other one and you see if the answer is correct and then you shoot them both and that's it you move on from there you torture uh, one of them until you get an answer which is something um, that joel and tommy did joel to yes. ellie and then yeah so exactly yeah. and we played we did that as joel when we're looking for ellie in the first game we play as joel doing literally that and he then walks off with a very cool line saying i trust your friend and then he shoots the other guy and says i believe him anyway we see these two bodies in here and ellie in here and ellie goes Tommy did this, obviously, because this is a trick that they, they do. So anyway, we move on from there, and we, we keep going and stuff like that. And um, then our horse that we're on gets blown up by a bomb. We get captured. Um, Dina rolls off the edge of um, a ledge, basically, and escapes. But as, as Ellie, we get captured. Um, they're interrogating and us. And we happen to get captured, if we're going to talk about Deus, Deus Ex Machina. We, well, happen, we happen to get, to get captured, captured yeah. by one of the people who killed Joel. Not just, just that, though. Very luckily. Not just that, though, but we mm. happen to then, they one of them decides to pull a gun on us while we're tied to a chair to shoot us because they're told we don't take any prisoners and there's no point keeping her. And then they very thankfully, deus ex machina, get into an argument. At this point, deus ex machina, um, Dina walks in looking down from a skylight above us and shoots one of them. Again, um that whole ha that whole thing happens and one of them kind of falls on us we fall over with our chair kind of thing as ellie we sent see then 
There's a gun on the floor which they literally had pointed to us. Deus Ex Machina. They decide not to shoot Dina while she's winded on the floor after falling on her back after the glass broke and she fell through. So he goes over to her and starts to strangle her instead of just shooting her in the head, which would have taken about a second to do and had no risk of anything going wrong. Fortunately, there's a piece of broken glass on the ground. So then as Ellie, we can flick a piece of glass to us, cut our things clear. The guy who was um, potentially going to try and torture us to get an answer out of us until his friend with the gun stopped him or, you know, stopped that happening to try and kill us, blah, 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 blah. Fortunately, left his knife blade right there. So then, and as we get free, we pick up that knife blade and then we kill him. Very coincidental. Fortunately, again, coincidence, all of our guns and everything we owned is right there as well in that same room. So we pick it all up and then you have to shoot your way through this. It turns out it's an elementary school. Um, you learn the mechanic of hiding in long grass, which made an appearance in Uncharted 4 um, and Lost Legacy. So now they've continued that kind of stealth thing, which is cool. There is the new mechanic of um, uh, being going prone and, and crawling on your stomach along the ground, which is again cool. Um, and then we jump onto the rooftop of this place and escape, and we work out that we have to try and get to a... Oh, sorry, new again. Co a coincidence again, Deus Ex Machina, one of the people that we did kill, which was one of the people that was with us um, killing um, Joel, happens to have a note and a photograph of one of the people we're looking for and a note saying exactly where they are, literally. Now, um, I, so I then forgot, but does he have a photograph of everyone, or does he have just no, a photograph no, of No, he, he only has a photo of, of one of them, and she has her tit out. That's right. Yeah. That was weird, though. To tide him over. Yeah, well, this game has a lot of weird things and breaks a lot of Sony's no-sex policy rules. But anyway, we're going to gloss over that. Uh, okay, so <laughs> we then get escape from there. Um, this is, Drew, where you're up to, so news for you coming for going forward. We escape from the, yeah. the school. As we're on the rooftop, we see some dogs arriving. So there's a new little thing for you. Some dogs are looking for us, so get the fuck out of there. You run away very quickly. Not much happens here till we get to um, the... New station? Yeah, the, the new station, yeah. the, the radio station, basically. So at the radio Ch station Channel then... Channel 13. Channel 13. You do what you have to do there, and you, you investigate and look for things. Turns out there's no one there, but there's a couple of corpses hanging from... Um, the lighting system above us. So and this whole an, and there's scene, a bizarre note on the ground, yeah, or a symbol on the ground. Yes. Yeah, this whole scene where everyone's been hung from the mm -hmm. ceiling thing of Channel Thirteen. I was petrified because that's when I realised we're dealing with cults. Yeah. I am terrified of cults. I prefer, I prefer zombies over cults. I prefer um, normal people over bloody cults. Yep. So I was just like, nope, don't want to do this. And I was freaking out. But then I was like, this is good. This is where I thought the game was going to start to get good. Mm -hmm. And it didn't. And that was even more disappointing. Because I think I remember calling you during this part going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. It's so mm. much like, it's so cool. I'm pretty sure there's cults. And then nothing. And I think you were ahead of me. And you were just like, nope, just wait. <laughs> nothing's happening um, now yeah so basically yeah. there's there's cults there's a cults they're called the seraphites um or scars as the, the wlf call them. Call it. reason they called them scars is because they have joker style cuts up but from the sides of their mouths up to their ears basically to create a smile some sort of tradition or something like that or i don't know 
or initiation, I should say. Um, so, yeah, so we're in the, the new station and... Now, this um, is also when you first find out that it's not just Tommy, because you, you, you know that the WLF, you, you bump into the WLF at this point, and you know mm-hmm. that the WLF are aware of Tommy, and you know that they're fight hunting Tommy because Tommy's killed some of their men. What you yeah. don't know is that they think Tommy is a scar. They think he's a part of the Seraphites. And what, what, yeah. what you also don't know is that the Seraphites are there. And this is the first time that you're introduced to the Seraphites. And this is the first time you find out that there's a war. And I, this mm. is important because we're, let's go back to revenge tragedy tropes. Um, there is a very massive trope. Uh, uh, what's it called again? And I wrote it down and I just lost my note. Um, it's basically called uh it's basically about the setting of revenge tragedy how usually revenge tragedies are set in worlds where everything's really high stakes and this is where you see the war and it's it's about the cycle of revenge and the war in this case talks about the cycle of revenge in regards to the the seraphites and the wlf had a pact um it was broken by accident um, a bunch of little kids were po- throwing stones at the uh, d- Seraphite children were throwing stones at the WLF just you know kids being idiots um, the WLF shot them the Seraphites went and hung the WLF who shot them the WLF went and uh, murdered all of the Seraphites and that's how the war began and it became an escalation of tragedy tra- tra- uh, like revenge tragedy mm. events. Basically, um, the WLF are the assholes of the world. Yeah, well, they're Abby's both. One. They're both kind of assholes, but assholes in different ways. Um, now, it's the escalating war. So it, it's yeah. literally because now, now you find out you're actually in the middle of a war zone. Now, Drew, this is the point, or just before this point is the point that um, you and I were on the phone. When you were about to start the game, I think um, I was I was up at up at this point the first time. Um, right. No, in fact, I think you just started playing the game. I'm not too sure. Anyway, we're on the phone at some point just before here. Anyway. Yeah. New station. We then um, find a whole sequence. Very fortunately, find a bag full of all these photos of all the people that we are literally looking for. Some Polaroid images of literally the people we're looking for. Not anyone else, just the people we're looking for. We now have um, a hit list. <laughs> we now have a hit list. Uh, a and we work hit out list. And we work out that they're using ham radios or walkie-talkies as well, so we have a way to be able to listen in on the story. Okay, so we go forward. They, um, the, um, the WLF get to the new station and they find their friends hung up and they assume that the people in the building, i.e. us, are Seraphites. Uh, we manage to escape... And we run into the subway system or the, the underground tram system and have one of the coolest moments in the game, which I think was in the trailer as well. And that's where there's a red flare on the ground. So the only light in this entire station is from red flares. They're infected in the building as well. So you th- yeah. I, I threw a brick in order to get the infected's attention. And this is a cool thing where you can now pit the infected against the bad people. And you can stay hidden and you let them basically take each other out. Yeah, so I really enjoyed this part of the game where you could... You can now essentially use the infected as a weapon. Yeah. 
Um, Makes it so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> they kill both of each other. It, it gets even better near the ending. But anyway, we'll get to that later. But yeah, so essentially now the, the infected are now a weapon and continuing. Uh, flip. Yeah, sorry, continue right. on. Yep. Nope. So yeah, that's that happens. They're continuing on. We managed to make our way into tunnel systems in the roof of the subway station. And we come across... And we're in spores. First, There's all spores We're in spores, us. so... And Ellie has her mask on, because we're not going to give that secret away. Um, we come across now a new kind of infected called a Shambler, which is a bit like a bloater from the first game, which is an enormous kind of thing. A little bit smaller, um, more pores on it, and uh, they can release toxic mist into the air off of themselves, both as a defense mechanism, but also if you kill them and they're on the floor, they can explode with this stuff. Terrifying yeah. stuff. Uh, so you have to make your way through the subway system and its maintenance tunnels. Um, and then as we get towards the other end of the station, our mask gets broken. And Dina totally shits herself and says, oh my god, Ellie, we have to share her ma our mask. She's about to take her mask off and Ellie says, no, don't. I'm not infected. I'm not coughing. I'm immune. I told you this earlier on. They, there was a moment where this happened, but it turns out she didn't believe him, so it's not relevant. Um, I'm not infected. I'm immune. And she believes her, but she's shocked and can't believe that Ellie kind of lied to her in some ways. A little bit disappointed by Ellie. Uh, we keep pressing on. At this point, Dina seems to be getting more and more tired and labored and Ew. exhausted. Um, what a shame. She can't really go on very much. She's struggling to make it on. We manage to escape the subway system and we get to a um, a theatre, a cinema. And so we break in there and choose to stay there. And at that point, it's revealed to us that Dina is pregnant. Woo! And that's Seattle wow. day one. And yet, basically, the that's... Well, it's the end of day... We find a guitar, so Dina and Ellie have a bit of a, a, a spat. And Ellie walks off in a strop and then finds a guitar um, backstage, gets the guitar out and starts um, playing the guitar. And, and tries she then to play falls asleep. The, she tries to play the song that Joel played for her in the beginning and can't bring herself to do it. No. and uh, is exactly. quite tragic. But and then she falls asleep and that's the end of day one. Um, now, I want to talk about tropes one more time before we do... Like, I'm just going to keep mentioning yep. tropes now. Mm -hmm. uh, so... Yep. Uh, here's a trope, uh, lesbian meets lesbian who is pregnant, uh, ex-baby, and the baby daddy of said pregnant lesbian mm -hmm. is either, now th this is important, is either a jackass, um, dead, or dying. Or a very nice guy. Nope, we'll continue, because it's either a jackass, dead, or dying, and this is when I knew that Jesse was not long for this world. As soon yeah. as Dina said she was pregnant, I was like, oh, so that's where we're going with this. Yeah, exactly. That was kind um, of a, a tell for me as well. It, it's an um, instant family trope, so a lesbian can have an instant family. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, but you have we to get also, rid of the baby Yeah, we also... The other trope is that Dina's pregnant at all. Like, of course she is. Like, that's... Of course you need some sort of inconvenience along your way and you don't want to have to write a real one in so you make her pregnant. So there we go. That's that's how... So again, if we refer to the first one, how did we get Ellie to be all on her own? Joel basically impaled himself. How do you get Ellie to be on her own in this one? 
Uh, do we injure Dina or do we kill Dina? Nah, to say she's pregnant, so she has to take some time off from morning sickness. Yeah. Despite the fact that she made it the entire way across the country For in the two months, months that we weren't seeing, and then we're also she made her way across this entire thing and not a single, single speck in this same day, not a single inkling whatsoever, and now suddenly at this moment, oh, it turns out I'm pregnant and I'm really suffering here, and I can't go any further. Despite the fact that twenty minutes ago I was absolutely fine and not even a single whiff of it whatsoever. Okay. We don't go to day two, though, at this point. Um, we actually left it on a wonderful moment of Ellie playing the guitar and falling asleep, and we go to a flashback. I think it's this is the single greatest part of the game. This second time round, Bianca, it's not. It's really not. And I don't really? mean that it is, as in... I don't mean that as in something makes it... Something's better than it. I mean... It's not the single greatest moment in the game because it's one of the saddest moments in the game. Oh, I see. Because when you realise what you don't have anymore, this moment's not enjoyable. It's so difficult to play it because you know that you can't have much more of it. Flashback is Joel and Ellie in a museum in the wilderness in Wyoming, and it's a natural history museum, and they have a wonderful moment together. I won't go into too much detail to it because there's not much that needs to be said other than it's absolutely beautiful. Um... And yeah, I think that is a fantastic moment and really well written. It's just unfortunate that it's pigeonholed into the middle of such a diabolical mess. So, the whole scene is that Joel takes Ellie out for her birthday. Yeah, and it's set three years prior or something like that. Yeah, and Joel takes... I think it's her... I, I'm assuming that it's her first birthday after... I think it's her 15th birthday, which is her first birthday after. Yeah, so they get to... they. He takes her to the dinosaur museum, which was just adorable. Yeah. Uh, and you get to do all these interactions. Um, you find out this is when you find out that Ellie knows how to swim. Um, he finally taught her how to swim. He, you get to go. Uh, there's really cute things like you can climb. There's a T Rex, and yep. climb the T Rex and like uh, jump off of it. And scare Joel. There's these really cute cutscenes where um, Ellie picks up a hat and walks around and like gets another hat and puts it on top of Joel's head, and they kind of go around adventuring. Drew, you'll love this because they keep making references to Jurassic Park here. Basically, with all the dinosaurs, Aww. he's looking at he's looking at what he thinks is like a Velociraptor, and then Ellie's like, "No, this one's called something something else." And then um, Joel says, "Oh, well, in this movie that I watched." This was called a Velociraptor. Velociraptor. And then there was also a scene where they were showing a dinosaur with feathers, and then um, Joel was like, well, in this movie that I was watching, it didn't have feathers. And then Ellie was like, we should watch this movie then. Tell me what, tell me about it. And so he explained it a little bit, and basically it's Jurassic Park that they're talking about. Um, and then, uh, then Joel says... Uh, yeah, um... Just reading this quote here online. It says, when Joel says the dinosaur he knows, Ellie asks if he saw them in a movie too. And Joel then tells her, actually, yeah, but a different one. See, there was a sequel. It wasn't as good. I wonder where that, that's from. That was a hilarious Oof. bit of the thing when I watched it back. Because I, I didn't play it again. talking but... about the game. <laughs> this game's yeah, not as good as the first. <laughs> when they're talking about how the sequels aren't as good. And I was just like giggling to myself. I'm like, yes, it's, it's not as good. Um... 
bit of... You can say that about something else. A little bit of irony um, there. Very much so. Uh, okay, so that's that's a flashback that we have, and it's wonderful. And then we get to the date. The difference is we, we adore The Lost World. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's, I prefer it, in fact. Um, I know that I'm in a minority, but nonetheless, <laughs> I do. Um, we get to day two. Day two yes. is um, all about us having to go and... Uh, I found day two pointless, to be honest. Because it, you just... It very much, yeah. It was. Day two, I don't think we need to go through the entire thing because day two, you basically find out that you can kill dogs, which was horrible. Mm. I hated killing. I don't want to know that. You do? No, no, no. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Though, um, however, the dogs are vicious. They are coming for you. They essentially rabid. Yeah, they're attack dogs. They, they are purely attack dogs, and you like, are trained to kill attack dogs. You, you are shown the dogs in a way, Drew that they are nothing but evil. They will kill on command evil dogs. Yeah. Um, they scent, they, they follow your scent from a mile out. They come after you. There's no avoiding them. You have to go through them, basically. Um, um, that's what we learn. Then you learn about the Seraphites and you learn they're a religious cult, which is the worst kind of cult. Um, yep. You find out that they're all about... Um, they're, they're not Christian, they're like, but they do believe in sort of like a second coming to do with this uh, mm-hmm. figure that they follow, this like godly figure. But you find out that the godly figure was just someone, it was just a human who got killed by the WLF. Um, oh, and now, now this makes more sense. Now mm-hmm. I get why there was so much dialogue when they were in the dome in the temple. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's not... Okay. It's all about bringing it's foreshadowing. Back yeah. yeah, so yeah. it's all um, a bit of thing. Uh, uh, it's all about the cult. Uh, you you basically walk... You basically travel day two. You travel from one side of Seattle to the other side of the Se- of Seattle. Go now, through like, the Seraphites. When's the... You go through the Seraphites, you get to the hospital. The yeah, you get to the hospital. Yeah, the hospital is day two. Okay, so you get through the hospital. Um, we do what we have to do at the hospital to try and get some information. Um, Just very quickly, and- one thing that I find interesting about this scene is that well, later you get when you play as Abby, you find out that Abby's there at the same time. And one thing that I did appreciate is the fact that you could see, like, so by the time that Ellie's at the hospital, um, they've almost packed up the whole place. Yeah. But while Abby's at the hospital, you can see the beforehand of how they are packing up. So you get to play through the exact same area twice. Yeah, and but from two different sides, two, two different, different ways. S- yeah. yeah. So that I found and, quite interesting. Yeah, no, I, I do like that. And in fact, you see that a couple more times throughout the game. But so so you um, you get through the hospital, you find... Um, you, you, it's cool. You kill one of the people that, that were in, in Jackson... And then you kill another one, basically. But here's the, here's the thing. You kill everyone in that hospital. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh, okay, no, okay. This okay. is the first time yeah. of the game when I was just like, really? So, so you irritated kill, and angry. You kill, you kill the dogs, which still bothers me. You kill every single person on the way to the hospital. Because so, you've got to go through like an entire town. Um, you, f- you finally learn archery at this point, which... Was cool because I love archery. I love the doing all the sneak attacks. You've killed everyone, and then you kill this one person 
who had killed Joel. And yes, yet you, she, Ellie, Ellie does torture him, for, torture her for information. Sorry, this woman. Um, However, not, you see the entire thing. You see the entire torturing as well. Yeah, and compared but, to some of the you, things I did in the game, like getting a knife, slitting someone's throat, and holding their head back so they bleed out, and then letting them drop. That's one of the moves you can do as Ellie in the game when you're trying to get away and stuff like that. Or the fact, the that, fact that you can that throw a Molotov, the fact that you can throw a Molotov cocktail at a group of humans and then just watch them burn alive. Or put a bomb on the ground and explode them so that their arms and legs and you know torso get ripped apart. Yeah, and you can go and look at the bodies and stuff like that. So you the... do all that and then you beat someone with a metal rod, basically putting them out of their misery though because they're breathing in spores and suffocating and choking. And then you beat them to death, they die faster, essentially. But yes, Bianca, you're right. Somehow that gets to Ellie, and Ellie breaks down in tears that that just happened, that she just had to Yeah, so, so at the end of day two, she she gets back to the theatre. You constantly go back to the theatre. Um, at the end of day two, you get back to the theatre, and then suddenly you have this mental breakdown of this was really hard. I killed and someone. I, I, killed I killed someone. I killed someone, and I killed someone who had killed and enjoyed. And like even the character, I can't even remember the character's name. But that that Nora. Um, Nora. Nora. Nora is like I enjoyed torturing Joel. Yeah, that son so of a bitch she, got what he deserved. She admits. Yeah, she admits the fact that she's happy that she killed Joel, and so you kill her, which I understand is perpetrating the whole cycle of revenge thing. But then it's just like, well, this is the one that I feel. Like, this is the one that make, breaks me. Um, and, and I think that that's a total disconnect between gameplay and story, is that, again, gameplay, we've killed about 400 people on our way to this moment, but now we killed one person and suddenly our life's over and we just are heartbroken. There um, is no correlation between the two whatsoever. That is a fucking glaringly obvious plot hole. And additionally, Nora wasn't that great of a person because she completely gave up her best friend um, and said, told Ellie that uh, Abby, who was the one who actually killed Joel, so Abby's the one Ellie's actually looking for, um, Abby is at the aquarium with mm. her boyfriend. Well, boyfriend. Whatever. Yeah, man friend. Now I think I think what we should do because I'm getting aware of time. I think we should maybe get to the mm. end of the Ellie half of this story, which is a couple more days, and then we should perhaps maybe stop it and save it for next week and do the Abby story. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's one more um, day for because, Ellie, which is day three. Uh, because of course we need to have obviously next week we have a um we'll have to do our tenant review whether they get to put that push back by a week or not it's okay but nonetheless i think we can record it next week or whatever. next week next week is also our uh, three years of the show well there you go what a way to end it we end it with um the ending of this game see look at that second half huh. of this game we can talk about that and then we do the new uh first episode of the new season is then of oh, the new year for us will be I guess the tenant review and followed by perhaps an animal crossing episode maybe from the girls we're thinking perhaps guys yeah the girls yeah. are very excited for that good okay well then let's press off on with abby's story or with ellie's story of course then sure um so do. that's so that's the end of that day and yeah ellie's a, a wreck because she's killed someone for the first time in her life it seems <laughs> despite the fact that we just played million uh, killed millions of people um the next day then fortunately for us though um in this time while we were out um 
Dina got a, a ham radio set up and working for us and has been able to spy on um, the WLF, basically, because they're using the same radio system that we are. And we work out all the different radio stations, um, or all the different kind of stations, including the radio station or the news station. Um, and we also work out where Tommy is, roughly. So we go out looking, and it's in suburbia. Um, and at this point, yep, more dogs to go through. It's awful, um, miserable, and sad. Um, although I just realized I missed another introduction to a new form of uh, infected. And that is during day three on the way to, sorry, day two on the way to the hospital, we get to a dark, dark room that's full of spores and it's scary. And you see on your listen radar kind of thing, the occasional kind of murmurs and running of um, some infected in the room, but then they disappear off the radar and they follow you and they stalk you. These now are in the, the first stalkers. game, the stalkers. Now in the first game, we found a piece of paper which had a description of four different types of infected that we knew of. Um, now, they mentioned the stalkers on there, but we never saw the stalkers. But I remember being terrified and always looking around just in case I was being stalked. Now we meet the stalkers and they're terrifying. They look so a little from, bit like they've got antlers on their face as well. From Yeah, they, look, they have the faces of the um, clickers, but larger and more morphed. But they have bodies mm. of the, what do you call it? What's the fast runners? I don't know, the runners? Yeah, the ru runners. Sorry, the runners. <laughs> I just blanked out there. What's the What's fast runners? What's the name runners? of the fast runners? What's the name of the runners? <laughs> um, the the, now, the stalkers, I found out some a little tidbit. Uh, the stalkers were supposed to be in the original game. Um, but they ended up cutting them out because it was too much um they ended up having too much to do in the game mm. so they cut the stalkers out to save time um mm. so that's why they developed it and actually put them in the this game uh and i think the stalkers were awesome but and it shows in the fact that in the first game there is that thing about stalkers and you hear the name you see that you read the name stalkers in the pamphlet of you know describing yeah. all the different types of zombies or what are they called cordyceps um and then but the page about stalkers is ripped out and i guess that was kind of like a joke about it yeah because the, they got, got ripped, ripped out. out of the game but then they brought it into this game because by that point they developed it enough and they could figure out they did all the uh mechanics not, i guess for it and not just that, though, but they had a lot more... They already knew that they had a lot more time to tell the story or add as much as they literally wanted to. I mean, they could have they could have had a moon landing mission for all I know in this bloody game, and I think it would have fit in terms of the time length. Like, honestly, this game was such a long game. Anyway, yeah. so we're on day three. We're in the suburbs, and we're looking for Tommy. We face a lot of the... Oh, wait. Um, no, no, sorry, not yet. Next part. Yeah, no, because this is the same. This is the same day. This one. Yeah, yeah. We're looking for Tommy. <laughs> we we get through all this shit and everything like that. We kill a whole bunch of WLF, and we're still hiding um, in suburbia, trying to get out of there. And we basically got no way out because we're being chased by the WLF. And someone comes up from behind us in their, um, I guess, tan-colored um, jacket, puts their hand over our mouth, and holds us into the corner and keeps us quiet. 
And guess who we've found? Drew? Not Joel. Guess who we found? <laughs> Not Joel, obviously. <laughs> Tommy! Wrong. It's Jesse. Oh. We found oh. Jesse. Now, what the fuck is Jesse doing there? Well, he thought that we, we needed some help, despite the fact that Tommy was here, so he's just made another person leave Jackson. So, Jesse's here. Anyway, we make but it back to... But can I say... Yes? I genuinely like Jesse. Out of yeah, all the characters the, in this Jesse's game... Jesse's the best new character they've written in. Yeah, I think oh, he's, he's probably... interesting and he's funny. Yeah, he's probably like... And he has some of the best dialogue. He's one of the few characters oh, yeah. that didn't just exist to exist. I don't know. I just liked his character. I thought his character was great. Well, his dialogue um, is fun. Oh, well, I mean, again, think about it. Like, it's like, Ellie, you kissed my girlfriend. Why would you do that? Yeah. And then, like, he just, like, starts laughing. They close the door on him and stuff like that. Like, it's, it's clever. Funny. Um... Okay, so we get back to the cinema and uh, Dina finds out then that Jesse's there. And then they decide, okay, Dina's not in a good way. We need to get Dina back to um, Jackson. So let's go find Tommy. Let's get him back and then we have to go. Like, let's just leave. Are you okay with that? And Ellie says, okay, that's what we'll do. Let's do it. So she agrees and then Jesse and Ellie go out to find... Um, Tommy to find Tommy and so basically Ellie's agreed that this is it this is the end of our journey Abby doesn't matter we're going to get Tommy and we're going to leave this doesn't matter anymore what we're doing here doesn't matter okay so we're off on the adventure and we work out that through radio calls that Tommy sounds like he's near the aquarium or the marina coincidentally we also know that Abby is at the uh, aquarium so we're heading in that direction anyway um we then find a or see a boat and work out that that's probably the fastest way to get to the marina or the aquarium. Um, and then at that point, uh, we then hear a radio call from someone that we've just killed. We hear on a walkie-talkie lying next to this dead person that there is someone at the marina. There is a sniper at the marina. Go there now. And, and Jesse says, okay, that's Tommy. Let's go there now. And Ellie then changes her mind and says, no. We need to get to the aquarium because that's where Tommy's heading. So we know what Ellie's doing. She really wants us to go to the aquarium to get... Um, Abby. To get Abby. So, Jesse says, really? You're going to do this now? We're, I thought we were going back. And, and Ellie says, we will. But we need to go there. We need to get Abby. We need to finish this and we'll get Tommy and go home. Okay, so we know where Ellie's allegiance really lies. It's finishing the bloody job. It's the revenge. I completely so agree with that, though, because we may as well get on with it. So clearly, though, okay, so she abandons Tommy, and this is important for next week's episode, she abandons Tommy and Jesse to go seek this revenge after she had the mental breakdown over Nora. So clearly that didn't stop her. She really wants this revenge, and yet... Anyway, we'll get to that part next week. I just think that's an interesting part that she yeah, did all she, of this. She's willing to, but Bianca, she's willing to stop at fucking nothing to complete this revenge, even backtrack on her promises and her ideas. And, and again, she's whatever. killed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, as well as a lot as Abby's some of Abby's friends so far. Like this is her purpose in life now is completing this mission, and that's it. Okay, so we march on, and we then um, manage to s sneak our way underwater and. 
climbing up and being sneaky and steal the boat. We steal the boat, we make our way um, towards the aquarium, we get rushed, well, we, we basically break out into open ocean then to try and get around to the aquarium. Massive waves because there's enormous storm and close lightning and wind and rain pelting us. We get knocked out of our boat. Um, we managed to swim to shore, thankfully, and we're at the aquarium. Now, at this point, I just want to quickly mention another flashback that we saw. This is a an interesting one, Drew, and it explains some of why Ellie and Joel have a very fractured relationship, it seems like, in the one moment that we saw with them together. Um, and that is that we are playing as Ellie, and we are in Salt Lake City, and we are in the hospital, and so, the hospital is abandoned, and Ellie walks through the hospital and walks through the surgery where she'd been lying on the table, and it is abandoned, but she finds a little tape recorder thing. Then we see Ellie sitting out the front of the hospital, St. Mary's Hospital in Salt Lake City, and she's listening to the recorder. She's also, I have to mention, in the hospital seen x-rays of her head and ultrasounds of her head and scans of her brain on the board and how it's working and how it's not affecting her, the infection, I mean. So she's listening to this recording, and it's of Marlene, and it's talking about the fact that Joel is, oh sorry, Ellie is the only person, their only hope to finding a vaccine, and that, uh, yeah. It was taken from her, and maybe no. no it's, it's not, not from Marlene. Marlene. It's from someone. It's, from it's someone in the hospital. It's yeah, a survivor. survivor of basically Joel's saying, basically rampage. saying, yeah, Joel killed everyone, and hopefully one day we'll be able to find her, and maybe we can make a vaccine then because she's our only hope, basically. And then Joel arrives on his horse and says, "Oh my God, Ellie, you left, and you just left a note. Are you okay?" And gives her a hug and everything, and she says, "Joel, tell me the fucking truth right now." what the fuck happened here and Joel tells her the truth and Ellie then says at that point well actually just before that Ellie says tell me the truth and I'll go back to Jackson with you or I leave right now and I never come back and I never see you again so Joel tells her the truth and Ellie says okay I'll come back to Jackson but we're fucking done we are fucking done and yes so now that we know that we are at the aquarium and we are walking through the aquarium, and we are sneaking through there trying to find Abby, and then we fall through a vent. And as we fall through a vent, a vicious, evil, rabid dog comes launching at us, trying to kill us. And we are trying to fight this thing off us, and we just, just managed to get to our knife blade, and we stab this dog, and the dog dies. And we survive. We stab the dog just. in the neck. Just, but we just survived. We, yeah. we did so well. Okay, and we had no other choice in that situation. There was no calming this dog down. That was it. We walk on, and we see a surgery, um, and we see a table that's got blood all over it, and it's like, what the fuck happened here, kind of thing. And we walk on, we hear some arguing happening. And then we walk through a door, and there in front of us is Owen and Mel. Now, these are two people that we met in Jackson. They were... Owen was the, probably the only person that prevented us from getting killed, Ellie getting killed, and said, leave her, let her go, we have no problem here, we're done, get out of here. Um, Owen is there stopping this. He seems to me like the leader of this bunch somehow, even though Abby is also the leader, I guess. So Owen um, prevented us from getting killed. Mel, who's this pregnant lady, 
in front of us. Ellie Who? doesn't know she's pregnant. Ellie though. doesn't know she's pregnant. We, we've heard, though, uh, at the very start of the game when we played as Abby for the first time, Owen was the one who had been out first, and Abby woke up and saw Owen wasn't there and went finding, looking for Abby. Uh, sorry, for Owen, and found him, and they had a conversation because Owen said I couldn't sleep, and the conversation went something like, Mel is Mel's pregnant. pregnant. And then Abby said, are you fucking serious? So you can kind of tell that Abby and and Owen kind of have a thing going, almost like Abby's, um, no, Owen's cheating on Mel with Abby kind of thing. That's that's the way it was kind of um, insinuated to us or portrayed to us. So we, we know Mel's pregnant. Okay, so we're in this room, and we then go to do the same trick again of pitting two people against each other to get them to tell us the answer by getting our map that we've been using out. We have a map, obviously, that we've used in the open world part or the sandbox part of Seattle, and we've just kind of been using it to as we go along. If you wanted to, you could use it. So we get them to point on the map, and then... They Mel, both refuse to point on the map. Yeah, they refuse. Mel then jumps us kind of thing, and then Owen comes over as well. Ellie shoots Owen in the stomach, I think, or in the neck or something like that, and then shoots Mel because we managed to get Mel off of us. El, El, so then, Mel attacks Ellie, and then Ellie retaliates, and then yeah, she doesn't. Yep. She doesn't just go out and stab her. No, no, she even made it clear. If you tell me, I'll let you live. I just want Abby. I don't give a shit about you people. I yeah. just want Abby, and I genuinely believe Ellie in this situation. I'm. I swear she's telling the truth here. Okay, so she doesn't though tell us what we want. So they get shot. Um, while Owen is choking on blood, because yeah, he does get shot in the neck. He tries to say she's pr she's pr pr and then dies. Owen is dead. So then we turn around, and now Mel's been wearing a jacket and hiding her stomach. And Ellie now that now that Mel's lying on her back sees the stomach and goes, "Oh my god." Pulls open the jacket and we find out that Mel is indeed pregnant and she is dead and Ellie throws up and is and breaks down and can't believe that it's just happened. And at that point, someone walks in the room. Drew, who's just walked in the room? Tell me. Tommy. Tommy walks in the room hey. and Jesse and they find Ellie there in a mess. They pick up Ellie and they run out of there. And um, the next scene we wake up and we're in the cinema again um now just before we pan back to the cinema we see a point and the the map's just sitting there on the ground and the blood trail starts to trail over and starts to coat the the map in blood um and so that's that's that map's just like a getting symbol soaked. of just yeah just getting soaked in blood anyway so then we're in the cinema we're there we're having a conversation it's not um, a cinema it's a proper and, theater yeah like a it's a theater, theater yeah. but yeah we have a conversation with um, Jesse and Tommy about saying, okay, let's go get our shit together. It's time to go. Tommy then walks out of the room or out of the theater room. And then Jesse and Tommy, uh, Jesse and Ellie having a conversation. We hear a kerfuffle outside, push the door open. And outside the door is Abby with Tommy on his knees and his hands up. And then and uh, Jesse runs, and a bullet goes straight through Jesse. And then Abby says, I let you live, and you wasted it. And then the screen goes black. And from next week, it's Abby's story from the fucking beginning of the game again. With no weapons and no uh, none of your meds, everything that you hoarded, everything that you collected, it's wasted, it's gone. You're starting the, the from the beginning of with... the game again. However, however, I've got things to, to say about the 
Abby style of play. So what do we think about Ellie's story so far, Bianca and, and Drew even? Mm. Is it a revenge riddled story? Is it a pointless story? Is it a waste of our time? Is it not really going anywhere? Is it backwards? Is it contradictory? Is it plot hole ridden? Um, is it rather unnecessary and very slow? So this is um, going say, back yes, to pacing. This is going back to pacing. Mm-hmm. Um, that you do get to play Ellie again, um, which is again a spoiler. We get to play Ellie again, but I didn't know that because the pacing-wise, it felt like Ellie's story was ended had finished yep. sorry that was it and obviously all games end with a massive boss battle yep it felt like the next scene was going to be the boss battle um but now and we're playing as abby and yeah but now we're starting as abby and i and i i knew that once we started as abby i knew that we were going to play seattle's day one two and three again and then i was mm-hmm. like okay it's going to end with the boss fight between them that's what i'm playing towards Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point I was just disappointed because I was like Ellie's part of the story just felt like filler it didn't feel like yeah. now we're at the real part of the game yeah it was just it just felt like three I don't know how many hours it was it was three days but it was like three days gameplay but it um, was we start playing as Abby from the 12th hour of the game yeah so However many that hours was that we played as Ellie, none of it felt like I had achieved anything. None of well, it not felt now. like... Now that we're playing as Abby from the start, now it feels like all of that was pointless. Well, not just that, but we're like... So, I, and throwing it back again to the first game, every season felt like its own story. You had a start, beginning, and end. You had development. You found out things about the character. The, and it, there was, like, interesting tidbits and, like, the pacing sped up and slowed down depending on whether they wanted to draw out an emotion or not. And this just felt like, you know that scene from, do you remember the movie Dude, Where's My Car? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know how they go, and then, and then, mm-hmm. and, and then. then. This is that. Yeah. It just felt like that. And I, it it was because there was... All, and the thing that I kept reading about in reviews is because I kept saying it just felt like it lacked emotion. And everyone was like, that's because you weren't reading the journal. But I, you shouldn't have to read the journal. The journal is an additional bit. Yeah, the journal is an extra. And I'm, gonna, this is, I'm just going to keep comparing it to Naughty Dog Games and looking at Uncharted. Um, the Uncharted is the one that first utilized the journal aspect. The journal had great additional information, but the journal was not the story. The journal showed you, um, you know, it, it did reflect on what Nathan was thinking about in his head, but you, it all, it it was expanded on it. It wasn't the narrative. It wasn't the narrative. Whereas and this game made this game made it about the journal being the narrative. Um, it had emotion in the narrative uh, in in the journal. As opposed to being portrayed and, and spoken about, and, it was wasteful. And the other thing content. is, like, at, there were certain points in, the, points in the game where because I was waiting for the story to happen on the screen and in the gameplay, 
I didn't actually go back to the journal because I, I didn't assume that the whole game was going to happen in the journal. And I was getting frustrated with the slow pace of the game that I just didn't, and I'm a massive reader, but I just didn't mm. want to go and read the journal because I was just like, no, no, I just want to get to the part of the game where it starts. And that was one thing that I kept waiting. I kept waiting for the game to start. Mm-hmm. I just felt like we were going through like stories, like tiny little, I, yeah, it just it- didn't feel right. I didn't enjoy, I did not enjoy at all Ellie's first part of the game. I, I found, again, I, my biggest issue was the kind of contradiction between gameplay versus story. It's almost like the, or, or cutscenes, it's almost like the two directors, the director of the cutscenes and the director of the gameplay, never spoke to each other. Now, that to me falls on the fault of the director of the game, I'm oh, sorry, of the story, because the person who directed the story and wrote the story and everything like that and made it all cohesive is kind of in control of the entire arc and is, and has to understand the way the gameplay works. Which, if we're talking about The Last of Us, is you sneak around, you kill some people, you kill some infected, you sneak a little bit more, you might have a puzzle or something like that, a safe, a ladder-carrying thing or throwing some rope or something like that. But, you know, we know how the gameplay goes. You know how it works. Write a story that works around that. Um, there's a part which I'll reference next week um, where as Abby, you kill you kill another WLF and a side character says, oh my God, uh, sorry, the cut sh- scene shows that. Then gameplay happens where you kill several more WLF because you killed that original WLF that you've just seen. And then the side character says, oh my God, you killed that soldier referring to the one in the cutscene. And it's like, are you fucking dense? Did you not just see the last 10 minutes of gameplay where I killed like 400 of the motherfuckers coming at me? Like, are you talking about the one from back there? What does that matter? I just killed a whole shitload of them. Like, they keep missing points and there's no cohesion between gameplay and story. You can also tell that the reason this game is so long is mostly because the gameplay scenes have been expanded. It's nothing to do with the... There's no more density to the story. There's no more detail to the story. In fact, there's less detail because they spread it out over a much longer time. But gameplay set pieces are larger. Um, suburb- the suburbia scene, um, compare that to Buildstown. It's probably about the same length as the entirety of Buildstown um, in suburbia. But like, it's such a nothing part of the game. So it's just oh, I expanding. I didn't actually even notice that. You're right. Suburbia is probably about the same... Same length of time as Billstown. But that, that's the thing. Um, Nothing I mean, in fact, it's longer in suburbia. Than it. But that's my point. Billstown is such an integral part to the overall story. Without Billstown, you never get to the end of the game. However, in this one, this part doesn't make a fucking difference. We're not there to find Jesse. We're there to find Tommy. We don't find Tommy. We find Jesse. What does that matter? That actually doesn't improve or advance the story in any way whatsoever. We don't learn anything new. Nothing changes. It's pointless. I also think that in the suburbia, there's like a whole part where you can actually just run through it without killing anyone. Yeah, you can. There are a couple times where you can do that in suburbia, in fact. And so you can't do that in Billstown because there's actually points no, you that have you to have face to reach. All these things. Yeah, it's paced because of there's because of cutscenes and because of story. And now people would argue, yeah, but the first game is more linear. But that's not a problem when it's such a story-driven game. 
Um, if you look at, say, take take Grand Theft Auto, for example, which isn't... Um, it is a, It has a story, but it's more about the sandbox world. That's okay to have not a very strong story, because it is all about um, the, the sandbox world. Now, Grand Theft Auto also does make you... Um, it, it makes you be linear when it needs you to be linear. But this one doesn't. This one is a linear game, but somehow they've paced it like it's an open world game. So I think they've made some critical mistakes in the way that they've paced some things. I think it would have been less... And, and again, we were talking earlier about how it was a bit disconcerting to flip back and forth between all the perspectives mm. in the first part of the game. In saying that, if they had made uh, Ab Seattle Day One from, uh, what do you call it, Ellie's perspective and then switched it over to Abby's perspective, I think it I could like have... that would have worked more. Yeah, because the, the pacing in the two stories could have backed each other up better. Um, yeah, well, that, but also, um, I think that it would have been more of a surprise to us to see it, say, at the start, Seattle Day 1, we play through as Ellie, and then we get to the end of the day, and then it come up with Seattle Day 1, and you'd be like, what? It was already Day 1, and now we're Abby. We'd be like, oh, okay. You know, instead of waiting so long and playing as, as, um, Instead of playing so long as Ellie and forgetting about Abby or not giving a shit about Abby and then being like, are you fucking serious? We have to play as her now? It ruins it. I um, also think Seattle Day 2... Day 2 is the hospital. Yeah, uh, Seattle Day 2 would have been a lot more impactful uh -huh. if that had happened because Abby's story of how she... Well, Abby, well, we'll get to it next week of Abby's story, but Abby's story backs up the entire hospital scene and explains everything that happens in the hospital scene a lot better yeah. than Ellie's story. Ellie's story explaining Abby's scene. Because you've got to remember, everything that's happened in the day one, two, and three is now going to explain what happened to Abby. Whereas yeah. if it had done it side by side, they would have supported each other. Makes sense? Yeah. Um, okay, guys, at this point, let's um, give it a break here. We'll come back and we will finish off the story summary, but then also get to um, proper reviewing um, the overall story. We'll, 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 I mean, continue to kind of talk through a little bit like a commentary, but then we will absolutely go into the story um, or, or hit into the um, reviewing of the story next week. Uh, quickly, though, we, we obviously do have a sick hint of the week. Bianca, who is our sick hint of the week? Uh, our sick Kent of the week is Jim Lee, who is the CEO of DC Comics, and he is the sick Kent of the week because he pulled off DC Fandom this week, which is the first online convention ever that ran. I mean, it ran for 24 hours, but it was technically only uh, six hours, eight hours long. Um, and they, what they did was they played the eight hour loop three times so that everyone in every time zone could get it. Um, they didn't announce that earlier. 
they announced that that was what was going to happen the day before. I didn't read it. I watched all 20. Well, I watched the first eight hours and then realized it was going to repeat. Um, woke up at 3 a.m. and was like, oh, no. Um, regrets. Regrets. Yeah, major regrets. But it was still a lot of fun to watch and it was still a lot of cool, really cool to see uh, basically all aspects of uh, the DC universe uh, come together because they talked about the comics, they talked about the TV shows, they talked about the cartoons, they talked about the movies, uh, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, and obviously, obviously, they're not in any way related to The Last of Us at all because I don't see anyone that really deserves it from The Last of Us Part Two, to be honest. <laughs> uh, besides the, besides the tireless creators of it and not the writers whatsoever because they are heartless. I think all the people whoever had. Who did all the yeah. crunching? Oh, the deserve... yeah, absolutely, exactly. Because it wasn't yeah. their fault; they just had to do no, their jobs. No, not just that though. But Naughty Dog have a history of people, um, of costing people their not just their their um, marriages and family life, but sometimes their lives because they are such a hard company to work for. Um, so Naughty Dog themselves don't deserve any credit whatsoever, and and just those poor employees do um we do have a what the quote last week's one if you didn't know was from titanic and the quote went a little bit something like this or a little something like this i put the diamond in the coat and i put the coat on her now we love that line that's that's a favorite of drew's and mine and my family we all love that billy fucking zane (laughs) um bianca though do you have a what the quote for this week i do have a what the quote for this week it's a Yeah, good luck with that, pal. That's almost impossible. Oh, you did it. (laughs) Well delivered, well said. Yes, if you know what that quote's from, reach out to us, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. The usual methods. Spotify, all of that. I want Um, smoke signals. I'll respond to smoke signals. Yeah, well, The beacons are lit. Um... The beacons are lit. The beacons <laughs> of Mulder are lit. Okay, so we have for you next week part two of this review, our three-year anniversary as well. We will try in the next one. We'll get through Abby's story. We'll also get to actually reviewing it, breaking it down a little bit more. Hopefully Drew, despite the fact he knows the story. Drew will Drew will hopefully have finished the game. <laughs> Good luck with that. But yeah, crack on yeah, with thanks. it, Drew. I, Godspeed. You, you're half, we're halfway through the story. Um, you are about two hours into the three hours into the story, so good luck. Um, yeah, thank you. And yeah. uh, yes, we will be back with the second half again. Abby's story and the actual reviewing of the story, not just as we go along and commenting as we go along, but the actual final summation for it. Indeed, I've got it written out myself. I know what I'm going to say as a final summation and my final scores. Team, until we speak again next week. Thank you very much, and thank Drew. You. Yep. <laughs>